0: Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing, the podcast that continues to set records around the globe. And then as we always do, we break those records. My name is Jody Jenkins. My name is Tony Clement. And Tony, we have a barn burner of a guest today. Yes. I don't want to waste any time getting to him. Uh certainly appreciate his time. But first, let's get it right out of the gate with our sponsors. We got to thank John Mutton and the team at Municipal Solutions for all their support. You can find them online at municipalsolutions.ca. And of course, I know that you'll be able to roll into some details and two of our other great sponsors. So have at her.
1: Yes. And uh, Thingalonians, we always want to thank John Mutton at the gang at Municipal Solutions, municipalsolutions.ca. Wow, they are busy. They are doing so many things with project management, development services, get those uh, development approvals, get those permits approved as well in an expedited manner, planning services with municipalities, engineering services, architectural services. Also, if you've got a minor variance issue, or a land severance issue. They're very good on that. They're great getting to get building permits. So for all of those municipal solutions needs, municipal solutions We also want to thank PolyTrack. That's PolyTrack with a Q. We have Chris Moffat Arms and that gang. They are offering government relations pros, a secure uh, hub to store their advocacy data. That includes stakeholder contact detail, engagement reports, and key messages. Uh, It means that you have your advocacy data at your fingertips, which means you spend less time on compliance and reporting, which is very important because then you get to grow your business. So you visit Polytrack. Dot com. That's polytrack with a Q and mention and another thing podcast. When you sign up and you receive their white glove onboarding service free, including tutorial and Q and a for your team. So all you GR pros out there, visit polytrack.com and by the way for polytrack for municipal solutions and for our third sponsor think data works just go to and another thing podcast.ca help them out help us out click on the site le- learn more about these wonderful sponsors you the links are all clickable now so uh, that is uh, your one-stop shop for our sponsors. So let me tell you a little bit about Think Data Works while we're at it, because Brian and Mackenzie and the gang are doing some amazing work. Uh, They want to make sure that data is secure and shareable and that you've got a data ownership model that will outperform your peers because with if you do not have proper data governance infrastructure your organization could be subject to some trouble like fines or uh, you don't want to be mishandling any data but with think data works you get the trusted data security you get leading access control and faster insights and solutions. And if you happen to be a member of a government or a business, Think Data Works has up-to-date data for all your public policy and trade needs. And you find them at ThinkDataWorks.com, on Twitter at ThinkDataWorks, and on Instagram at ThinkDataHumans. And of course, as I said, on our site and another thing, podcast.ca.
0: Wow. We have so many sponsors. You know, Tony, I get stopped in the streets. People say we love the show. You have so many sponsors. You guys must be millionaires. And I kind of chuckle and I say, well, yes, we are millionaires, but we're just like you. We put our pants on one leg at a time. The only difference is we have several million dollars in our bank account. <laughs> so right. Other than that, we're exactly the same. That it's sounds always. like
1: a Saturday Night Live skit from a long time ago. Exactly. Except
0: we make gold
1: records. Except we make gold records. But it was really nice of Harry and Megan to stop by our podcast on their way to Oprah. The yeah. Other week. Exactly. Uh, if you missed yep. that episode, you're going to yeah. have to. Read yeah, you got to go always. back
0: and listen to that one. It's <laughs> that's a, right. Pretty popular. It's got a lot of downloads. Okay. I want to honor this gentleman's time that's uh, taken the opportunity or the time to join us and given us this opportunity. Uh, we want to welcome, and I hope I don't screw this up. Uh, he's a first-time appearance on this uh, program. He is the commissioner of Longwood, which is in Florida. Wow. Let's welcome Commissioner Matt Morgan. First of all, Matt, welcome to the show.
1: Welcome, Matt.
0: So, Matt, just quickly, a commissioner, just because I don't think commissioners are a big thing here in Canada when it comes to provinces and municipalities. But yeah. but tell us a little bit about wh- what is a commissioner?
2: Yeah, let me cut it to it for you. So we have uh, uh, five city commissioners here at the city of Longwood and, quite frankly, all of our state of Florida cities. Um, Up north, they call them councilmen. Here we call them commissioners. But the commissioners have much more, quote-unquote, juice, as it were, or power, as people out of the business of call it. I call it uh, um, responsibility. here in Longwood have five equal responsibilities in creating policy here in the city of Longwood. We have a by-title-only mayor position, meaning each year in the month of May, we choose one of the five of us amongst us five commissioners who we want to be our mayor. I've been the last two times mayor, and in this time around, I had publicly said on record I wanted to give it to uh, one of my fellow commissioners who's never had an opportunity at it before, but, please keep in mind, again, Mayor or Commissioner in Longwood, we're all we're all the same ability and responsibility. Nobody gets paid more than the other. No one has more ability to help the city more than the other. We're all five equal parts, and I, I really like that a lot.
0: Matt Morgan is the Commissioner of Longwood in Florida. He's joining us uh, on this episode of and another thing. And Matt, I also want to take just a couple minutes here, your background because you have a very interesting background. A uh, professional wrestler, uh, several different uh, organizations that you participate in. I'll let you kind of share a little bit about that. But I, I also want to hear about the transition from wrestler into politics because there are several examples of that happening. Obviously, with Jesse Ventura being a well-known one, Glenn Jacobs, who's known as obviously as Kane. I think Booker T was at one point trying to run for something. But tell us, is it is it that a common thing? Is it unique? And what do you, what's the connection there?
2: So I wanna put this on the record. Other than B. Brian Blair and Jesse Ventura, I'm the third professional wrestler to be hold uh, hold public office. Glenn Jacobs got elected in the election cycle right after me.
0: a yeah. um, wow.
2: very good friend of mine, Glenn Jacobs, who played Kane in WWE. Um but like, um I think Rhino ran for public office as well, but he lost. Um, Booker has been thinking about it, or maybe he's tried but he definitely is not elected. Hopefully one day he is. Um, there's a commonality, um, for sure, and the commonality is think about what professional wrestling is. Your job is to get out there. And again, I'm a former WWE wrestler. I'm a former TNA impact wrestler. Um, so it's 13 years of being on people's television sets every single week. And your job as a wrestler is to make people emotionally invest in you. That is literally your job. Make them boo you if the bad guy, cheer you if you're the good guy, right? Pretty basic. But to get them to emotionally invest in you when they know it's a scripted show is not so easy. So the more talented ones have figured a way to create that magic to make them care about you. So think about what your job as an elected official is. It's to be out in the public, it's to be well spoken, but most importantly, it's to have the backs of all the residents you represent. You have to have that emotional investment on both ends, my end representing them, and on their end to go to get off their butts and go, will be willing to vote for me and support me, to put me in that position, right? Um, that's what I think the commonality is. I, I think wrestlers end
1: up being successful elected officials. Matt, uh, it's uh, Tony here, and uh, y- you've partially answered the question, but I'd love to, to have you delve deeper. Are there particular skills other than communication skills? I, I think you've answered that part, but other skills that pro wrestlers have that are helpful, not only to get elected, but to be a good public servant.
2: I, I do. I think because uh, you're a political outsider, I think right now we're in a day and age, quite frankly, I think long overdue in which people are now willing to look outside the box for that outside the box candidate for that political outsider. Right. Yeah. Now when you say political outsider, it's like, we'll get in line. Your opponent's a political outsider nowadays. and But I think people like that. I think, Want, it's weird, right? Because I'm a, and I hate the word, but I, I'm a celebrity, right? But with that said, I'm also their every man. In my city of Longwood, they don't look at me as the blueprint at Morgan. They don't care that I'm a former pro wrestler. It's, I'm their guy. I'm their neighbor. I'm the guy they see in the supermarket. I'm the guy that helps the youth sports. I'm the guy that helps raise money for all of our teams uh, and our kids here. So that's how they see me. So, there's, in a weird way, here in my city, uh, there's that common man feel that I give them. And they know I will fight my tail off on the policies they want to see enacted here in Longwood and the different things they want. Um, they wanted a park here, right? I made it out, make it happen, of getting a, jeez, a $4.5 million park here at no expense of our taxpayers um, through grant money and busting my tail. So, the, I think another commonality between pro-wrestlers transitioning into politics as a official is the fact that that work ethic that comes with it. You just don't show up on WWE TV by slipping on a banana peel. You get there because you're the best of the best. And that means you come with an impeccable work ethic. That same work ethic needs to transition over to public office. And nobody will outwork me. I don't care what the president of the United States on down. Nobody will outwork me. Um, and I take that very seriously. I get paid $940 per month after taxes for my elected role here, so you do this because you want to positively affect change. A lot of people talk a big game about affecting change. I am the game when it comes to affecting change because I. It's not about me. It's about being my rep- being representative of being the conduit. That seat that I sit in, right, and creating policy along with—that's not even my seat. That's the city of Longwood seat and they say, Hey, you know what? You're going to be our megaphone, Matt. You're going to be our conduit, Matt. So we're going to vote you into office and we need you to continue to be our voice and our megaphone. Not what you think is best by yourself, Matt, but representative of 16,000 residents. Can you do it? absolutely freaking Yes, I can.
1: Now, I'd love to know a little bit about what drives you. What's What's the best advice you ever got? in wrestling or just in general in life
2: okay um, that it's the same thing i just told our kids yesterday i went to one of my middle schools yesterday to give a talk to a group called young men of excellence it's an african-american after school a group of young men that want to become leaders within their community because they're middle school i was so impressed by this that at that age they already know what they you know that they want to be leaders and sure. so It's the same thing I tell them in any other youth uh, group that I go speak to. That is the work ethic thing that I was hitting on earlier in your other question. If if my dad told me this, do you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay, sorry, I heard something. Um, And the the, the thing with work ethic is you don't have to be the tallest, you don't have to be the strongest, you don't have to be the fastest. You don't need a skill set for it. You just have to have the will to be willing to outwork Everybody in any room you walk into, and you need to let them know it as well by not talking about it, but by demonstrating it and showing it. If you're able to outwork everybody, only good things are going to happen to you. That's I, I fully believe in that for how our country here in the United States of America should be run. That's why I believe in capital, uh, uh, capitalism as well, because I think if you go into this world and you're willing to put in the work, no matter what your race, religion, creed, I don't care what it is. If you're willing to put in that work and outwork others, only good things are going to come your way.
1: So yeah. you still believe in that American dream, I want to put it that way, because obviously it's it's come under assault both internally and externally in the last few years, but yeah. you, you still believe that if you work hard, you can get ahead in America.
2: Absolutely, and, and you could... You, can, you have your excuse makers, right? You have those that will look for the easy road, the easy ticket, instead of weeping the hurdle that the rest of us are willing to weep or go over that speed bump that the rest of us are willing to, to go over. That's part of the journey. Like, could you imagine if life was just absolutely getting everything you wanted? It would suck. It would be so boring, right? Life is about going up your ups and downs and the reason you acknowledge your ups is because of the downs so people forget that part of the story and they want everything in today's society and they want it now and they take shortcuts in the process and if they don't get those shortcuts they then complain about not getting afforded the opportunity to get those shortcuts and I don't like that.
0: Matt, I know that the last year and a bit has obviously been a challenge to obviously everybody around the globe but even more so to some people in public office uh having to face their some you know tough decisions when it comes to covid and the pandemic oh i want i would love to get your thoughts on i'm going to just give a little comment here but when this all started and as can and as Canadians Canada we were often pointing i don't, I say we collectively i'm not saying us individually but we would point at the US and say look at all the carnage look at the deaths which are tragic thank goodness we're not in the United States. And now the, wow. the the tide has turned because I can tell you a lot of people, us included, me and Tony, I think we're in the same boat, looking at the States and going, look at the vaccine rollout, look at festivals coming back, opening up of sports arenas, capacity measure, like all these things while being respective of, of distancing and all that stuff that has to happen. But USA, the USA is on what I would consider a much better trajectory And I know that there are some reasons, obviously, with vaccine production and all that stuff, but maybe just walk us through a little bit about how you've handled through this pandemic, being an elected official and also seeing, you know, all the deaths, but also seeing people's hope being restored now. So
2: quite literally, five minutes before I messaged you that I'd be calling, you know, from this number, Yeah. I literally, I'm not joking, I was walking out from eating breakfast with my family after my son's uh, buddy ball game, his, his special needs baseball league he plays in, and we're eating breakfast at the normal uh, country kitchen place that we have here in Longwood, right? We eat as a family guy every weekend here. And I'm walking out and I see one of my residents that I always see coming in all the time with clockwork each weekend. I'm like, hey, how's it going? I go, where's your better half? He goes, oh man, I'm so sorry you didn't hear. It. I go, no. He goes, she passed away in January to COVID. I'm like, oh my, and my heart just like fell on the ground. Wow. This was five minutes. This is really before I came on the air with you guys, and I, I was bowling with them. I, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. So, I think all of us at this point know somebody that have passed from this virus. But at the same token. By the same token, right? Uh, You you don't want to dummy this down. You don't want to cheapen it. You don't want to lessen it, as it were. Yeah. Right. Right. You. you, you... So when I was mayor, and remember I told you guys, in city along with the mayor doesn't have more responsibility than the four commissioners. That's true. But in when this pandemic first hit, it was the first time in our city's like 150 year history that the mayor actually did have more say. Because I was now being roped into conference calls that we're usually never privy of with our county, all right, our county officials, our county elected officials, and our state officials. Hell, the governor as well. And so, Governor DeSantis here in Florida. So, I'm very proud of the fact that I was the first city as mayor in Seminole County to issue a state of emergency. We were the first city in Seminole County to have its employees work from home remotely. We rented computer laptops for our city staff to be able to do the same job they would do at the office, but from home. All right, we shut the doors of our city hall and locked them. Our police department, our fire department, same damn thing. We had a skeleton crew inside if somebody needed in person emergency services, obviously, right? but And all of our cops and firefighters still ready to go, if called, obviously. But my point is, that was a very rare opportunity as mayor in our city that the mayor actually had an individual responsibility above the other four commissioners. We, we never faced that. But because of this pandemic and it being brand new to all of us, changed the game on uh, everything. So wow. I, I want to make sure I add that in there because I definitely take this virus seriously. I do. But with Van got said, you gotta, people always talk a good game about following the science. My problem more times than not is people want to follow the science that fits their own narrative, that fits yeah. their needs. Right. Yeah. So, if you don't want to listen to Dr. Fauci, guess what you're going to do? You're going to go find that guy on Twitter that claims that they're a doctor, and it's about enough statistics that fits what you want to go out there and say and your feelings if you hate that, right? And and, and that's what's happened here, unfortunately. And it's been one of the most. Deep, I thought for short. I stupidly proclaimed this publicly for the record that. I thought this was gonna bring us all together. I swear to you, call me corny and cliche, but I'm like, for sure, I remember telling my wife this too, this will bring us together because we're all eating this humongous shit sandwich, excuse my language. Every one of us are getting dragged with this. We're losing our jobs. We're, we're, um, some of us are are taking our kids now out of school. We're having to have our kids learn face-to-face, sorry, uh, computer online learning. Um, all these new things, we're all being thrown into the firing pan together as one, not one being above the other. So for sure, this will bring us together, right? Nope. It became even more divisive because now you have anti-maskers versus maskers. So yeah, I'm out there doing public events and ribbon cutting still, wearing masks, right? You take your mask off for like 2.5 seconds because the owner asks you to, to take the photo together. And then you have 55 people in the comment section going, Oh my God, how can you wear a mask? I knew it. Yeah. Like just, just totally dragging you. And that's the problem. We live in this society, brother, that everybody and their mother now somehow lives in this white ivory tower, wagging their fingers at others. It's the biggest armchair. It's the biggest, uh, armchair quarterback, society I have ever witnessed in my life right here, right now. And it's got to stop this judgmental crap of, you know, more than the other has got to stop. Whether you're elected, unelected, it doesn't matter. We as one need to stop it. And so back to the virus really quick. I think across the country now, the reason what you're looking at America, and you're like, Oh, at least they're opening up. Things are getting better. I will make the argument and you're going to say I'm being partisan, but it, this is the truth. Look at the specific states that are doing better than the others. I will argue, okay, that they are Republican. They have a Republican governor. Florida, Texas. Yeah. You know. Yeah. uh, People really hear drag uh, governor Ron DeSantis. I think he's done an outstanding job with this virus. Outstanding. Um, They can't get him enough vaccines to to get out fast enough. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the biggest part about this is, you've seen this, this is my biggest fear about this virus, you guys, was, oh, like we were two months into it, and I started to see it, because I work with our opioid council here in my county, I'm a former 14-year recovered opioid addict myself, mm. and I work in our community big time on the opioid crisis. And it spiked. We had this stuff, not licked, but we had had it really under control here in Seminole County. We had the overdose death at at an all-time low at one point. Suicide uh, ideation was at an all-time low. Uh, Here in our county, mental health was really, really being taken care of as well as it could. And then this virus rolled out and changed everything. And everything spiked. And nobody was talking about it nearly enough alcoholism has spiked uh husbands that have been laid off um i hate to put all the heat on husbands here but like as far as um uh physical abuse and domestic abuse goes in the the household more men are now you know we're now putting hands on their freaking wives are you you kidding me
1: yeah yeah same same here
2: same here listen and nobody was talking about it they kept talking about covid 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 I'm begging the media here, I'm calling them myself, begging them, please start talking about mental health, start talking about addiction, start talking about alcoholism, start talking about these numbers spiking, because somebody's got to step in and do something about this. This is going to be bigger death rates if we don't pay attention closer to this and figure out what to do. So I thank Governor Ron DeSantis here in the state of Florida for being uh, smart enough and, quite frankly, brave enough to to find a smart way to slowly start to reopen, right? And do it in a safe and sound manner, okay? While at the same time, you know, still giving respect to the virus because all of those numbers are spiked for one reason and one reason only. Because you're now taking everybody out of their normal everyday situations, their comfort zones, more importantly their jobs. We all get our many of us get our confidence from having a job and bringing home a paycheck
1: to support our families. Now you pull that out of the equation, what do you think is going to happen? You yeah. know, so like that's- Yeah, I, I, yeah I hear you. A lot of credit. Hey, I got to ask, uh, I, I you've covered a lot of ground there and I I want to thank you for that because I, 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 I think Jody and I totally agree that uh, there's going to be a reckoning with all of these other impacts of COVID on mental wellness and spousal abuse and all of these other terrible things in our society. But I I also I also want to get it back to politics because uh, I know your time is short and I would love to get your sense. We've been through the election cycle in the U.S. 2020 election cycle is in the in the books now. Uh, You've got a Democrat controlled Senate. You've got a Democrat controlled House representatives. You've got the presidency with President Biden. What do you see as the future of Republicanism uh, in the short and medium term?
2: I honestly, on the, on the national nationwide front, I think you got to continue with the uh, um, Amer- America First motto, right? As far as we need to build our country back up, all right? So if we want to take care of others, we need to take care of ourselves first. That's not selfish. That's not selfish at all. People want to uh, use it as partisan talking points, but well, that's racist or that's this or that's that. No, like guys, g- g- gas here has literally gone up one dollar in the last two months. Two months, it's gone up one dollar. That's a lot of money for a lot of people that are holding on for a, for their for dear life for their current jobs. Yeah. Right now, you add uh, this huge spike in our gas amongst the many other spikes we're going to be getting as far as uh, what costing what, what things cost now. I mean, good Lord, it's literally what we said was going to happen. It's happening now. So I I don't understand how anybody could think it's bad or wrong to want to take care of fellow Americans first. Because, again, I think people have this misconception, and I think it's incredibly racist, by the way, Right. The perception that when we say America first, that somehow it means white people first. What are you talking about? No, no. My neighbor Jeff is black. He's American. Every uh, my wife, who is a, a woman of color, uh, my child, who is multi multi-ethni- as multi ethnicities, is a child technically of color, even though skin wise you know, a okay. Right? Like, like we're a melting pot here in this country. So when you're we say America first. Every religion, every creed, tall, short, fat, come one, come all. Everybody in this country is American. So therefore, it's all of you, all of us together collectively, that need to be built up first to be able to go ahead and take care of these other countries that that's what we need help. These third world countries that have always relied on our help over the years, especially with the rollout. to help families in desperation in need that are not back to work right now and waiting on the stimulus tax. the stimulus that was sent that was rotten say what you want about orange man bad but at the end of the day guess what orange man bad his stimulus checks hit more americans yeah than his last one that biden put out and i don't even like talking like that because i don't i'm a republican but i'm a republican that it. I'm a Republican that represents everybody. Does that make sense? In yeah, words.
1: absolutely. Yeah, because absolutely.
2: I don't get into pissing contests with people because they have Democratic viewpoints. Like, that's the stupidest thing ever. That's not what we should be doing. We should be finding out what we have in common and then building on that and fanning the flames of those commonalities. And we don't do that anymore. We used to be in a place where we could say, look, we may agree to disagree, but I still love you, brother, or I still love you, sister. We used to be able to say that and walk away, still be friends, still be family, relatives even. Now, no, no, it's not like that. And I'm in a very small role, obviously, in a very small city. You know, I'm not the president, I'm not the vice president of the United States, but... At times, I really wish I, I could be for, for those moments where I really think we need those solidarity speeches. We need those moments of what I just said, of, of grabbing everybody by the hand together. As corny and cliches again, you may think that sounds, guys. And saying, look at all these things we have in common. We're both eating the same shit sandwich right now in
0: this moment in time together. How do we get through it? Let's go.
1: Well, your t- your time will come, Matt. Your time will come. Don't worry.
0: Yeah, Matt. I was gonna, I was gonna just. I, I, we got to wrap up here in a couple minutes, but and I know you got uh, you're on the clock as well. But quickly, you seg that segues perfectly into what uh, what is next for you? Like what on the uh, elected side of things? What do you think's next? I'll,
2: I'll, I'll be dead serious. I will not think about. I, I believe in serving your terms out. I yeah. not believe in leaving terms early. So I just got reelected in Iowa for four years. So in 2024, we will. Think about we will, we will discuss that, or think about that coming up upon that day. But until then, my head is deep here in Longwood, and I'll continue to improve the hell out of the city of Longwood because that's the, that's what our residents deserve, and that's what they built my big butt in office to do represent
0: them. Yeah, and one thing that's crystal clear to me, and I'm sure you would agree, Tony, is we got to have Matt back because I think that uh, we could do several shows, and no, uh, I very know. refreshing, very refreshing to to hear your voice and to hear your thoughts. And one last thing, I'm going to put over your podcast that you're a host of, because i got to tell Tony this, Wrestling Inc., Matt is one of the hosts. They have a couple hosts. They do shows every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday after the major uh, television programs and all uh, all types of wrestling organizations. I don't listen to any podcasts except for this one. I don't know how they hooked me in, but every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I listen listen religiously. I I can't stop it. So, I mean, yeah, it's a great. testament to what you guys do. So, Wrestling Inc. podcast, make sure you check that out.
2: Thank you. And I want to say, hey, guys, good on you for getting out into your communities and you guys and being in a public office as well because you know it better than anybody. It could be a thankless job at times, but you were able to leave your own fingerprint, your own thumbprint in your own community's future. And I say God bless you for it.
0: Matt, thanks so much for doing this today. All right, boys. Good talking to you. Happy out again. I like it. It was fun. All right. So there you go, Matt Morgan, Commissioner of Longwood. Uh, absolutely have to have him back. That was uh, that was good. I mean, he had, that, he had
1: a lot I, to say. He had a lot. Yeah, to say. yeah
0: I mean, it, it is a very refreshing to hear a politician speak like that. And I don't know if it's because obviously it's different in the states to cert- certain degrees, but uh, you'd be hard pressed to find many Canadian politicians who would speak that freely. Well, and so sense. passionate, too. Yeah, yeah, the passion comes through. It comes through. Immensely. And I think, you know, that's actually, that's a good point you bring up, Tony, because I think that's what makes the difference. I think that if you're a politician and you truly believe in what you're saying, like truly believe, like the passion is there, you'd be willing to go to the line for it. That comes across. But if you're just playing the game and you're saying things that even you don't 100% believe in, that's where I think politicians get into trouble and people can see through that and it can get you uh, in some hot water. But that's a very good point. There's no question that Matt's passion exudes from the way he speaks.
1: And, and he's authentic, the authentic um, as a result. Genuine. Yeah, genuine. Yeah,
0: that's absolutely what it is. I, so.
1: I would like to see him uh, serve in the Dwayne Johnson administration. When, yeah, there you go. When the we rock. have President The Rock. Yeah. Uh, he could be a secretary of the treasury or something under President Dwayne Johnson. So there you and go. And I know,
0: I know he gave a very political answer. Yeah, yeah Very yeah. good about what his next steps are. That's good. Yeah, I yeah, know so he do that. Um, But I definitely think he's got some future there is uh, whatever the next levels would be, whether it's
1: Seminole County, where his where he is, uh, you know, um, uh, a commissioner like that's uh, that's almost ground zero for Florida, Floridian politics. It's really important. Uh, You know, there's always a battle in the presidential election over Seminole County. That's uh, one of the battlegrounds. So good for him.
0: So, would that, like, could he become a governor or something? Or,
1: well, it could be, you know, and uh, for, for Republicans, t- typically, uh, it's governors who run for president rather than senators, versus okay. in the Democratic Party, where it's senators who run for president. Very interesting. So, uh, who knows what his path is, but he's got lots of options.
0: Yeah, no, that was. Uh... And again, check out their podcast, Wrestling Inc. If you're a wrestling fan um, and you were tuning into this to hear a lot of wrestling talk, sorry we let you down, but we can have Matt back sometime and do more wrestling. But uh, we're we're more interested in the political thing, and I, and you can tell that Matt really has transitioned into the into that as well because I, I, I he loves talking about oh yeah yeah community service. I mean, wrestling is a part of who he is, but it's not uh, certainly doesn't define him right now. So
1: good for him. Anyway. Man. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks again to uh, Municipal Solutions. Find them online at municipalsolutions.ca and Tony, I'll let you plug quickly the other two sponsors we have.
1: that thanks again to Polytrack, polytrack.com and Think Data Works at thinkdataworks.com.
0: All right. We will do this again in 7 days. Looking forward to connecting. Enjoy the rest of your week. You bet.